Most of us are educators or at least are in the business of helping people. So helping comes very naturally and it's difficult to say no when someone asks you a question. But there is a fine balance between helping people enough to encourage them to buy from you and helping so much that they don't feel like they need you or at least not yet. So in this episode, I'll be unpacking how to achieve the right balance so that you continue to attract paid clients while giving them enough help for free so that you're demonstrating your expertise. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. When you're thinking of freebies or even things like discovery calls, it's hard to know how much to give away for free so that it doesn't A, encroach on what you're giving your paid customers and B, provide so much that our potential clients don't feel like they need to take our paid services or products. It's tricky because leading your marketing with value is a fast way to build trust because you're giving people a taster of the transformation they'll experience when they work with you. But there is often that additional fear that you'll only attract freebie hunters. Now, as I explain in my video about why I don't think we should be offering free taster sessions, the link to that video is in the show notes, there is a risk that if we offer loads for free, we essentially train our audience to expect that from us. I remember that happening to a client of mine who was running really successful monthly webinars where around 100 people were showing up, but not one of them became a paid client. But here's what's interesting. When she stopped the webinars, suddenly her book started filling up. So there are two broad areas to think about. Number one, we need to consider how much we're giving away in our marketing, which even includes things like lead magnets and video content. And number two, we need to consider how much we're giving away in our discovery calls or free consultations or whatever you call it. I'm referring to the initial free call we often have with potential clients. I have fallen into this myself where a 20 minute discovery call has ended up being 30 or 40 minutes because I kept getting asked questions and I wanted to help. But I'll share something really interesting about this. None of the people who I helped extensively in what was supposed to be a quick discovery call have become clients. Maybe that's a coincidence, but I have a theory about it and I'm going to share it with you very shortly so that you can make a clear call between what to offer for free and what to reserve for paid clients. So let's tackle that first worry about attracting freebie hunters. In episode 32, where I gave you four ways to make your business stronger, I talked about how I don't think we should worry about people who just want freebies. Because for various reasons, chances are they'll never be your client anyway. So there's no point in worrying about that aspect. The fact is that some people can and are willing to invest in themselves and their businesses and some people can't or aren't. So I wanted to get that out of the way from the start because This episode isn't about trying to convince people to work with us. It's about being able to filter the people who do have that investment mindset and focusing our attention on them. When someone takes some real action, something beyond exchanging their email address for a lead magnet or joining your Facebook group, when someone takes real action like committing to a call with you, chances are they're an action taker who is genuinely interested in what you're offering. 
it's a really clear signal that they are someone who you should spend your time with because they're willing to put in some work. They're willing to give up their time. Of course, there might be a small proportion of people who will take things to that stage, still just hoping for free advice. But on the whole, people who aren't serious about taking the next step are unlikely to commit their time to speaking to you. So if you have something like this in place where you encourage people to speak to you rather than relying on them, say, press a button on your website, it's worth spending the time thinking about how to structure that call. Now, of course, you don't have to encourage people to call you before buying. But in my experience, no matter how strong your marketing or your website is, when someone actually meets you, they're so much more likely to become a customer. And you get to find out more about them too. And in some cases, you might realise that whatever you're offering isn't actually right for them. I've been in this situation where unless I'd spoken to them, I wouldn't have been able to best advise them and say that, look, I don't think what I'm offering is right. Or although you want to join the mastermind, I think this would be better instead. You also get to find out about your audience. You get to find out what situation they're in. For me, I speak to everyone who becomes a full member of the mastermind. They can't actually join through my website. They have to book a call with me. And this is so valuable because it means that I can actually tailor my sessions to the people who are in the mastermind because I know about their business. So although it is a time commitment, getting people to speak to you, in my opinion, reserving time to speak to potential customers is really, really valuable. So when we think about this initial call, it's a really good idea to think carefully about how to structure the call and to place a good time limit around it. I use Calendly to facilitate people booking calls. That's Calendly. And in addition to the many other reasons why I use it, I like that I can decide how long a call will be and it manages someone else's expectations as well. And this is quite an important aspect of having really strong discovery calls. When a parent contacts me about tuition, I only give them 15 minutes. Before, it was 30 minutes, and I noticed a huge difference when I halved the time. When it became 15 minutes, I found that parents made the effort to prepare for the call. Because they know that they only have 15 minutes, they prioritise asking me the most important questions, rather than asking me question after question, sometimes to the point where I felt like we were repeating ourselves. I felt like the conversation used to sometimes go a bit stale. And the 15 minute time limit does mean that I do have time to share some advice for free, but nowhere near as much as I could when the call was 30 minutes. And here's what's happened since I halved the time. To date, every single 15 minute call I've had has converted to a customer, every one of them. And that wasn't the case when my calls were 30 minutes. So just like I mentioned earlier about how I used to go over time in discovery calls, I have noticed a pattern. Giving more away for free might feel like you're helping people and it may even feel like surely they'll become a customer when they see how much you know and how helpful you are. But actually, it can sometimes have the reverse effect. Not to mention that sometimes people get suspicious when businesses offer so much for free. About 10 minutes ago, in fact, I deleted an email without even reading it because the subject line said how this company, a reputable company, were giving away a big paid offering for free. I just assumed there was a catch. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be giving anything away for free at all. Hettel, who's one of my one-to-one -one clients and she's in the mastermind, said that the thing that convinced her to work with me was because I was so helpful in our discovery call. So how do we find the right balance? The first thing I think is useful to remember is that your freebies should tell people the what and your paid content should show people the how. 
So your freebie should give people micro wins so that they see real results. But if they want to know how to replicate those results or apply what you've shown them in other situations or even just take it further, they have to pay for that. It's like you're giving them a packed bag with everything they need for a single trip. But if they want to know how to pack their own bag for other trips, they have to pay for that knowledge. And that means that there might be an overlap between some of your paid material and your free material. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's like watching the trailer for a film. I'll share an example from something I do. I have a free present of social media content prompts for different platforms for people who join my Facebook group. But if they want to know how to come up with ideas that will actually convert browsers to buyers, if they want to understand how they can use the individual platforms in a tailored way for their business, then they have to pay for mentoring or my mastermind. Or if they want a more comprehensive set of prompts, they have to buy my 100 content prompts. So I've given them a micro win where they can use my free prompts to write some content immediately. But for a long term strategy, they need more than a PDF. So there is an overlap with my paid 100 prompts, but the freebie will only get people so far. So when you're trying to decide how much to offer for free, a useful thing to ask yourself is, what does someone need to help them walk across the bridge from being a potential client to a paid client? And whatever the answer to that is, should steer what you offer for free. In those discovery calls that went on for far too long, I gave people too much. I gave them more than what they needed to walk across that bridge, which of course meant that I was potentially dampening that feeling of wanting to take things further. I'm not saying that these potential clients only called me for free advice, but the advice I gave meant that they walked away with plenty to do and they probably thought, I'll get in touch with Samantha once I've actioned all of these things. And of course, the more time that goes by, the less likely someone is to take action. Now, when you're deciding to offer something for free, as much as you want to help as many people as possible, you also want some clients out of it. This podcast, for example, is quite time consuming, and I love that so many people contact me telling me how useful they find it. And when I created it, that's exactly what I had in mind. But in the middle of that, people also contact me because they want to work with me. And that means that this podcast not only helps me help more people, but it makes good business sense for me as well. And that aspect is important because unless our businesses are hobbies, we don't have endless time to just keep helping people for free. So I'm going to share three things to include in your freebies to make sure that you're getting that balance right and to make sure that it helps potential clients decide whether or not to take that next step with you. The first thing is just because it's free, don't skimp on value. I'll go into detail about each of these in just a second. The second thing is to make sure that you're leading people to a win, to a transformation fast. And the third thing is to think about how you're presenting your freebie. The format has to work for your audience and the content. So the first thing I mentioned was to pack your freebie with value. I hate it when I hand over my email address to receive a weak lead magnet. It degrades trust. And if you have a weak lead magnet, people are less likely to open subsequent emails from you, which of course defeats the whole purpose of email marketing. Now, when I say lead magnet, it doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be a PDF or that it has to lead to email marketing. A lead magnet could be a free webinar in your Facebook group. Regardless of what you choose to make your lead magnet strong, you need to give people a transformation over information. That was our motto in the Tutors Mastermind in January when we spent the whole month on email marketing. Provide a transformation, not information. 
And if you want to catch the recorded sessions, you can get instant access by following the link in the show notes. So when you're thinking about these value-packed lead magnets, make sure that you weave your paid services into your content and make it clear that if people want to take that transformation further, they should contact you or whatever your call to action is. The second thing I mentioned is to create paths for people to experience micro wins through your freebies. This is where they get a quick result and quick is the important word here. Think of my social media content prompts that I mentioned earlier. Someone could download it, use it to write several pieces of content and publish them all probably within an hour. The freebie delivers the result that it promises to and this is so important. You've probably experienced this many times over. It's really frustrating when you give your email address and you receive something that was clearly created in about two minutes, you're none the wiser after downloading it and now you're getting emails that are totally unrelated to the thing that you downloaded. You feel a little cheated and of course we don't want anyone to feel that way about our material. So packing it with value and guiding people to a real result is the best way to create a strong freebie that actually attracts paid clients because the first thing you're doing is establishing trust. And the third thing I mentioned is to consider how you're presenting your free content. You see, the way we consume a podcast versus social media content versus a PDF versus a video is so very different. Imagine that I packed all of the words I'm speaking to you today into a PDF. There's no way you'd read it. Equally, if I read out one of my PDFs as a podcast episode, it wouldn't be massively useful and the episode would probably only last for a couple of minutes. So when you're thinking about how to present your free content, always choose the medium that's going to make the content the easiest to digest. You know me, I don't like rules. So although the most common form of a lead magnet is a PDF, maybe the content you want to share is better as a video series or a mini podcast series or maybe an interactive video where people press buttons to choose what they see next. So I'm going to share some actions you can take right now to work out whether you're giving away too little or too much for free. But before I do, here are the two main takeaways from this episode. The first takeaway is that Free content should serve as a bridge to help people decide whether or not to invest in what you're offering. To do this, our free content should take people from where they are now to where they need to be to purchase your offer. And that means getting a taster of what it's like to work with you and the kind of results they can expect to experience. You need to take people on a journey. You need to give them a quick transformation. And the second takeaway is that your free content should tell people the what and your paid content should show people the how. There's nothing wrong with having a slight overlap between your free material and your paid material as long as there's a clear distinction. Your paid content should be offering a much deeper roadmap than your free content. And this is great news because it actually helps anyone who's sitting on the fence to make a decision. Right, now it's time to take some quick actions to figure out whether you're giving too much or too little away for free. Step one is to choose one area of your content where you release tips and tricks for free. I'd suggest choosing somewhere where you publish regularly and consistently, or you can choose a lead magnet. Step two is to review that content and see whether they include anything that you actually give away in your paid offers as well. You don't need to go into too much depth here, just review the overall message. Does it include snippets of what you offer paid clients? Step three is to do a quick assessment of how much your freebies overlap with what you offer paid clients. There's no formula here, but if you like a little bit of data, I would suggest not going over, say, 25%. So if you're examining your social media content, out of four posts, one of them should be sharing snippets from your paid material. 
or the equivalent proportion across the four posts. And step four is to examine whether what you've shared creates that metaphorical bridge to take people from where they are to being ready to work with you. If the answer is yes, then check that you're giving them enough to achieve a quick win, but not so much that they have this huge to-do list and they don't need you right now. If the answer is no, so you haven't helped someone feel ready to buy from you, think about what quick win would demonstrate the kind of results they'd achieve if they did work with you. So freebies should be valuable and should help people achieve some kind of result. A great way to make sure your content is targeted is to base it on a specific action that you want people to take. So let's say you've created a course. You'd want your freebie to give people some micro wins that are similar to what they might experience in your paid course, except when they pay, those wins are bigger and the content dives deeper. And don't forget, if you're thinking about email marketing, make sure you follow up with a strong email sequence that continues to target the pain point that your lead magnet focuses on. You can listen to episode 44 if you want a bit more on email marketing and if you want a proper strategy then let's jump on a call because it's a topic we've spent a fair amount of time on in the Tutors Mastermind. As always thank you for listening and if you've found this useful please do leave a review. Reviews help me out loads. All the links I've mentioned are in the show notes and you'll hear from me next week. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.